Welcome to the Wisdom School, a private podcast by the Perennial Leader Project. Uh, I was hoping we could spend most of the time today discussing a philosophy of, of life, which you, you write about quite a bit, um, maybe how to go about choosing one. So to start, how do you define a, a philosophy of life? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I co-authored, uh, co-edited sorry, a, a book uh, a couple of years ago, a uh, year and a half ago, called um, How to Live a Good Life. Uh, with uh, my friends uh, and colleagues, uh, Sky Cleary and, and Daniel Kaufman. And the book is basically a collection of 15 different essays by uh, people who not only study but practice a particular philosophy of life or a religion, because I think of religions, in fact, as philosophies of life. So in the introduction to that book, uh, we put forth the notion that, give or take, a philosophy of life has three components. A metaphysics, an ethics, and a set of practices. So consider, for instance, the religion that I grew up with, uh, you know, Catholicism or Christianity more, more generally. Uh, there is a metaphysics there, right? So the notion that the world was created by a creator God who is all loving and all powerful and all that sort of stuff. Uh, then there is an ethics, which uh, consists in things like the Ten Commandments from the Old Testament, the teachings of Jesus from the New Testament, and so on and so forth. And then there is practices. Uh, you're supposed to read scriptures and reflect on, on scriptures. You're supposed to go to church and share with other people, listen to sermons, uh, and, uh, uh, you know, and then, of course, engage in behaviors that are actually Christians. Now, whether people do that or not, it's a different issue. But but that's the idea. Similarly, for a philosophy of life that is not religious in nature, such as Stoicism, uh, Stoicism has a metaphysics. The Stoics are, uh, the ancient Stoics were essentially what we would consider uh, pantheistic. That, that is, they believe that the universe is the same thing as God or vice versa. So God is in, is in, in the universe. He is, he is the universe. Um, in modern terms, we would say, uh, that they essentially thought that nature was uh, made of matter. Uh, they were you know, materialists in, from that pers- perspective, and that the universe is governed by laws of cause and effect. So that's the metaphysics. The ethics consisted in things like the notion of the four virtues, uh, the four cardinal virtues of uh, you know, practical wisdom, justice, temperance, and courage, that you're supposed to follow in life uh, as, you know, as you try to live your life or, uh, for instance, uh, uh, the notion of the dichotomy of control that maybe we'll talk about a little later, uh, which uh, comes out very forcefully in one of the prominent Stoic authors, Epictetus. And then there is a set of practices, things like different kinds of meditations, uh, a meditation about adversity, a meditation about death. Uh, things about like journaling, uh, you know, taking time to, to sort of self-analyze how you're doing and how you could possibly improve, things like that. So from that perspective, just, just from this brief comparison, you can see that uh, there is a structure to philosophies of life and that that structure isn't really that different from the structure of religions. The main difference usually is, of course, that as a Stoic practitioner, I can criticize, let's say, Pictetus or Seneca or any of the other Stoic authors, and I'm not going to incur into, uh, you know, any kind of wrath uh, by 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 any god, any god. Uh, while on the other hand, if you want to criticize, you know, Jesus, then then you're in 
troubled waters because he's a god. I love this book that you mentioned, How to Live a Good Life. Have it, have it right here. So, 15 different philosophies in there. Would you advise someone to adopt one of these philosophies of life over, say, creating one of their own? What are your thoughts there? Yeah, I, I would advise against creating one on your own. Uh, but I want to be clear about why I say this. So often people ask me, well, why can I not come up with my own ideas about you know, life, the universe, and everything? Or why can I not pick and choose uh, different combinations from different philosophies, basically coming up with uh, what is referred to often as an eclectic philosophy? Mm. And yes, the answer is, sure you can. But it's not easy. <laughs> uh, it's not easy to do it well. And, and since there are actually out there already a large number of philosophies that are internally coherent, well thought out, useful, et cetera, et cetera, why the hell would you want to reinvent the wheel, basically, right? Now, it's, it's, it's like saying somebody's like, you know, uh, sure, I, you could go to the doctor and, and take advantage of the expertise of, you know, uh, uh, groups of people that have studied medicine, or you can come up with your own remedies. And it's possible your own remedies are going to f- work, but it's going to be, you know, treacherous and, and more likely than not, it's going to kill you. So now that said, all philosophies and religions that I can think of do start out as eclectic. Uh, for instance, Christianity obviously started out as an offshoot of Judaism, right? And Judaism and Christianity both were, in fact, influenced by other philosophies or religions, Mitrohism, um, uh, sorry, Mitridatism in, uh, in, in ancient Persia, Egypt, the Egyptian uh, uh, religion, and so on and so forth. So nothing starts from scratch, really. The same goes for Stoicism. The founder of Stoic, Stoicism, Zeno of Citium, was a merchant, and he studied philosophy in Athens around 300 BCE with a lot of people for several years. He studied with Cynic philosophers, he studied Plato's Academy, he studied with... Um, uh, other schools. And then when he started teaching on his, on his own, of course, he came up with this eclectic thing that we today called, Stoic, called Stoicism. However, we in fact know that the initial version of Stoicism was a little bit too eclectic, a little bit problematic. Um, because what, that's what happens when you put things, when you, when you get things from different traditions, uh, it's difficult to harmonize them. It's difficult to come up with something that's actually internally coherent, useful, uh, etc., attractive, etc., etc. In fact, it was one of Zeno's students, Chrysippus of Soli, who was one of the greatest logicians of the ancient world, who basically came in and cleaned up the house. Uh, you know, he eliminated certain notions that didn't work very well. He uh, modified others, and and then and he also came up with with his own innovations. In fact, he changed the Stoicism so much that the commentator Diogenes Laertius in his Lives of the Eminent Philosophers tells us that if it were not for Chrysippus, there would be no Stoa, meaning that there would be no Stoicism as we understand it today. So sure, the modern reader can definitely pick up a book like, like the one that um, Sky, Dan, and I put out and say, okay, I'm going to highlight the things that, are, that, that sound better uh, from all 15 chapters and then come up with my own philosophies of life. But, you know, it, it's a time-consuming and likely not well, you know, you know not rewarding exercise uh, because uh, it, takes, it takes a lot of time to figure out what works and what doesn't work and, and especially what, what goes together coherently. I mean, if you, you want to have a coherent, internally coherent philosophy of life because otherwise, if there are inconsistencies you will find yourself sooner or later in a situation where you don't know how to act 
on the basis of your own principles. And that's the whole point of a philosophy of life, that you have principles that uh, provide you with a general framework for acting in life. If, if the principles are inconsistent with each other, uh, you're going to have trouble.